This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 896 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. horse people coach jen here and thanks for tuning in to horse tip daily today's tip is an excerpt from the horse.com's weekly horse health report on horses in the morning the horse.com digital editor christy west and dr jones join the hitem crew for a chat about the importance of everyone on your horse's hoof care team and there are more members of that team than you might guess and we'll get right to our tip after this message from kentucky performance products This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. At this time every week, we do a horse health report from the people at thehorse.com, and we talk to Christy and Dr. Jones. And, you know, last week we talked about colic. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, maybe not because, you know, we're going to talk about the horse hoof today and basic hoof care. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've looked down at the outline here, and we're going to talk about puncture wounds and abscesses. So you may want to leave one because I'm sorry, the juicier and the abscess, the better. Uh, There is nothing horse husbands ate worse than picking out a hoof and being the one to find the abscess. That just makes you want to quit right there. That just, that's almost grounds for divorce, to be honest with you. Oh, I think it's so satisfying. So, first of all, good morning. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Dr. Jones. Good morning. Good morning. So, we're going to talk today about feet. 
We are going to talk about feet. And right before we get started, I just wanted to make a comment about your, your horse hair search there on Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, at the at the stables where I grew up riding, uh, we had a Shetland pony, and part of his enclosure was chain link fence, and he loved it because in the sum, in the springtime he would just he would just scratch his whole whole side of his body up and down that chain link fence, and he would just leave handfuls of his winter coat on the fence. And we actually had a lady who would come and pick up pick up the hair and pull it off the fence and make sweaters out of it. Oh, there you go. Nice. Well, at least she wasn't cutting it off the horse, which apparently is what's happening here. She was only taking the discarded hair, so it was okay. <laughs> That's an allergy. That's an allergic reaction waiting to happen. <laughs> well, it is entirely possible. I'm not sure how she screened her buyers, but... <laughs> <laughs> but on to the foot care stuff. Uh, yeah, we wanted to start, we want to just talk about some basics of foot care. And uh, one thing that, that we get asked about a good bit um, here at the horse, and Erin probably gets a number of these questions as well, is what kind of angle should my horse's feet have? You know, what should be the right toe or heel angle or what, how long should his foot really be? And Erin, how do you usually answer those questions? Well, it's different for each horse because of the way they're built. But the proper word is they have they should have a proper pasture hoof axis. So if you look at the fetlock, underneath the fetlock is a pasture area. You draw a line from there and it should go straight down the front of the hoof wall if you're looking from the side of the horse's foot. If it goes to the coronary band and, and juts forward, that means it's broken back. If it goes to the coronary band and goes straight down, that means it's broken forward. So you want to have a nice straight line going from the fetlock joint across the top of the pastern bones to the coronary band and down the front of the hoof wall. And that's called the proper pastern hoof axis. It's pretty easy to eyeball from any horseman. It can, it can do that from the side of a horse. Right. And that brings me to a question I had for Glenn and Jamie um, along the lines of angles. What do you think, what would be your recommendation for the best thing you can do to kind of prepare for and, and stave off of problems? And Glenn, I'm sure you got a good one for this. <laughs> you're assuming that Glenn likes things about hooves. <laughs> yeah, I would say that probably, you know, I mean, you've got to have your farrier out every however often you need. Like here, we can get away with having the farrier about every seven weeks because it's a drier climate and the hoof grows slower. But back in Atlanta, when it was a moist climate, my horse got done every five weeks. So I would say routine farrier care. Very good. Glenn, what's your answer? Um, he's thinking really hard. I can see steam coming out of his ears right now. <laughs> and, okay, we'll go with the routine barrier care. Actually, now. okay, listen, Tracy, he ran to the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, when nature calls, nature calls. It does. You know, when you do a live show, you have to, you have to find time if they're under the bathroom. That's just the way it is. Oh, we just love catching you out like that, Bob. Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> She's like, Glenn, what do you think? Uh, silence. <laughs> Oops. I, uh, I think it was great. <laughs> good, good answer. Good answer. Nice job. Perfect. Well, routine career care is, is really important, and um, one of the things that we wanted to get into a little bit um, was actually a sort of a preventive tip as far as having your horse having your veterinarian come out and do a lateral radiograph of your horse's feet while they're healthy instead of waiting until until there's a problem. Erin, um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, it's becoming more and more common for horse owners to do what they say a baseline x-ray of the foot 
and they do it from the side to get an idea of how that pasture and hoof axis is lying. And, uh, you know, there are horses that are born with club feet. We've all heard that word. And their, their hoof tends to be a bit more upright and sort of the bone inside. So sometimes this will help the farrier eyeball if they need to give the horse a bit more sole, if they need to cut down the heel, uh, help enhance the heel growth, cut the toe off, things like that. And then the other view we like to do is from front to back of the hoof to see if there's a what we call medial to lateral balance of the hoof wall. And that helps the farrier out because that also balances the joint. And you'd be amazed at a lot of the horses that might look like they're balanced and you take the x-ray and you'll see their coffin joint is out of balance. And so it's going to cause some arthritis in that joint if the horse is used regularly, such as five-day week training. So a side x-ray and a front x-ray, just for a baseline, it's highly recommended, and more and more people are seeing the benefits of that um, and showing it to their farrier and getting a better job done on their horse's feet. And they don't have to do that every six months or every year. You do it once, and you may follow up a few years later. You could do it annually. It's, it's certainly up to the vet. Uh, that's a recommendation and the farrier's recommendation. So, so let me see if I'm getting this right, Christy. Sure. You take a baseline radiograph, one from the front, one from the side, because a horse that, let's say, the horse has a significant flare to the outside on his left front. So you're going to get rid of that flare. Flares are bad. But if you yes. take that baseline radiograph, you might find that isn't really a flare. That's the hoof trying to match up with the column of the horse's leg. Am I, am I getting that right? Yes. Cool. And the balancing, the balancing comes with working between the vet and the farrier. And they That's may alter really shoeing, they may add shoeing, they may go barefoot. There's a lot of different things that can happen with this. So it's really a good idea to just get a straight baseline so you know where your horse's feet are. And you might do the baseline and say everything's perfect. And that's always the best result is if well, you get perfect. What, what we see on the outside, we assume the horse's bones are straight in there. We could be dead wrong. That's a really smart thing to do. Yeah, exactly. We had one horse that was very lame on its right front for weeks and weeks. And... Um, we told them we needed to do these baseline x-rays with the farrier. So we met the farrier. He took the shoes off. We took these baseline x-rays. And the coffin joint was definitely tilted. And once we put shoes on that leveled out that coffin joint, I didn't even have to inject the coffin joint. The horse went sound. Wow. And I think it also yeah. comes in really handy if your horse has, um, should, God forbid, have any problems down the road. Um, and it could be as simple as, you know, like what you're talking about, Erin, that things are just a little bit out of balance or if things are kind of a progressive problem, like your horse's heels become more and more and more crushed. If you're taking these radiographs over a few years and you can see, boy, you know, we've obviously got something a little bit a little bit off with the, with his hoof care because he's just gradually getting less and less and less heel and no wonder he's sore. Or, you know, God forbid it's worse than that and you end up with a laminitic horse, then you can see what that what was going on inside that horse's foot when it was healthy. You know, for example, one of the things, and I've, I've, I've covered a lot of laminitis conferences and whatnot, one thing that I keep hearing, and Aaron, please, at, please feel free to weigh in here any place, is that if you don't know, really know what's going on inside that horse's foot when it's healthy, it's a little bit harder to interpret what changes might have happened because of this disease. You know, for example, Absolutely. if you've got a horse with a more clubby or upright foot, Often that, you know, one of the things that, that a lot of people look for in a radiograph is whether the bone is rotated within the hoof, right? If you already have a, hoof, a foot that's kind of upright, that's a little bit clubby, maybe you don't look at it and, and lay a club foot label on it, but it, that bone often will appear to be a little bit rotated just because that tendon's a little bit tighter on that foot. And if you only look at the foot 
after you know after you, the horse has had a laminating episode, you say, "Oh my God, he's rotated." He may not actually have been rotated due to laminitis. It may have been because he had a, that clubby foot. Absolutely, that's very very true, and that's a good point to be made about why these X-rays are very helpful. And when and horse shopping has been a very common theme throughout on horses in the morning, um, and I've had this personal experience where you look at a horse to purchase for yourself or somebody else, um, you take x-rays of the horse, it's like a six-year-old, and you see some changes in there. Unless there was a baseline before the horse, you know, two, three years ago, you don't know if that change in there has been exactly the same for the past five years and it's nothing to worry about, or if that change happened in the past six months and it's something you should worry about. Absolutely. That, that, that's just yet another tool for people down the line. Just a, yes. just a way of, of knowing what's going on and <clears throat> just having more information to make decisions, really. Okay, go ahead, guys. All right. We'll, we'll stop picking your brains. Go ahead. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> um, so Jamie mentioned routine farrier care as being one of the most important things that you can do to, uh, to stave off of problems. And uh, that's, that's really important. There's also how do you find a good farrier to start with? And Erin, I think, has some suggestions for that. Yes, help us, I always, help us. <laughs> I always say to go with recommendations. So you're going to go to a barn, boarding barn, and you'll ask a few people there who do you use. You'll probably ask the barn owner, who do you use for a farrier? Well, great, that barn owner might have, you know, Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so that they use to do their farrier work. I would also ask a couple other boarders, too, and make sure that the farrier is aware and familiar with the discipline you do. So if your horse is let's say a national show horse rides country English pleasure, that's going to be a very different way to shoe that horse than it is going to be for a dressage horse. So it's very beneficial to use a farrier that knows your discipline and how you're going to ride this horse. If you're just pleasure riding and enjoying some occasional trail rides, majority of them can do it, but those that specialize in these performance horses um, may do um, I guess, uh, a bit more extravagant work in your mind on your horse than what you really, really need. So, again, just go ask your fellow trail riders, who do they use? Ask your fellow show people, who do they use? You don't necessarily have to go with who the barn person uses because they may not do the same discipline as you. Yeah, I, and I think that's important, too, is, is to kind of ask around, but also look at the other horse's feet, you know, and look and see how they're shod and how what you like. But that's the biggest question, I think, for horse owners is, you know, we know when they need to get their vaccines. We know when, you know, all these very basic horse care things, except for most horse owners have no idea what they want done to their horse's feet. So I would think like education on hoof care would be extremely important, but everybody has a different opinion too, so you kind of need to go with what works for you. My horse has a very particular way of getting shod, and when I moved out here, nobody takes that. So I asked this one guy, I'm like, can you do this? And he goes, no, here's what I do. I'm not going to rock with that. Tell him to pull the shoe back, and I'm going to do this and this and this and this. I was like, okay, next. <laughs> I was like, why can't you? Yeah. Don't change. You're an educated but, horse owner that knows over the years what has worked for your horse. And it's very important to be there at the farrier appointment, if you can be, to ask the questions and watch how the process is being done and see the difference from, you know, the day before to the day after the job. The other comment I want to throw in here with being there when your farrier is there is that sometimes farriers will quick horses. 
And it's not necessarily a bad thing that they did that. It happens. We're all human. They may see your horse for the very first time and quick them the first two times they do it because they don't know how short back they can come with the toe. And quicking them, I mean, is they get a little bit close to the sensitive lamina and the horse goes lame. And your horse shouldn't be lame for weeks and weeks and weeks after the farrier's there. They might be lame for a couple days, but by God, tell the farrier. They leave. Yeah. They don't know what's going on with your horse. So don't say that that's a bad farrier because they quicked your horse. They don't have any idea that they quicked your horse unless you tell them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that talking to your vet and talking to your farrier and trying to marry the two is a good idea. I think it's a difficult one because I know a lot of farriers don't want to work with vets and vice versa. But um, I think that that's changing, and I think that you can attempt to get your vet and your farrier on the same page and educate yourself on what is going to best help your horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> I agree with that because it, 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 a lot of the meetings that we're going to, it's, it's a very, very common theme these days is getting vets and farriers to work together. They had a whole day on this at the AAP convention last, late last year. But I, I want to come which back was, to which, the... Which was attended by vets and farriers. Yes. Yay! So it's being attended by both, and they're, they're seeing how we can marry this relationship and make it work for the horse. Absolutely. And I want to come back just for a second to uh, being there when, when your farrier is there. I think there, there are a lot of benefits to that. And one, one is that you can ask questions of your farrier, ask why he's doing something once you pick this guy out um, or girl, <clears throat> that you can ask questions, why are you doing this, what are we going for, just so you can educate yourself on your horse, not just from books or magazines or websites, which are awesome, uh, especially ours. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot you know, there's a lot you can learn just just from your own horse it's just much more specific and you also may learn some things for example if you're if you're not usually there when your horse's uh, feet are getting worked on you can learn a little bit more about your horse's behavior <clears throat> and there may be something there that you can do to help for example the farrier is, is, is not a miracle worker, and, you know, as, as the, the old saying goes, you don't always do a great job when you're just nailing whatever flies past your face. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if your horse isn't standing well for the ferry, that can really contribute to how good of a job your farrier can do. And if you're there to see this, then it's something that you can work on in between visits so that your horse is a better customer for that farrier and can get a better job done on his feet as well. It can also affect the price of the shoeing. <laughs> Or right, or and it, it also brings to the point that when do you start with foot care? You start four weeks after they're born. You start the first day that they're born picking their feet up so they know what you're doing. Four weeks after they're born, have your farrier look at the horse's feet and see where do we go from here. Oh, you can wait another four weeks. Oh, you can. Every time your farrier's out to do your horse, have them look at the babies, have them pick up the babies, maybe rasp once or twice across the baby's bottom of the feet so they know what they're doing. Um, so it's not a frightening experience for these horses. Now, we guys, we're going to have to wrap up in a couple minutes here. So, um, you know, maybe we could make this part one and next week do part two because I think um, looking at the outline of what you guys are going to talk about, I think common foot problems is something that we probably should spend a lot of time on. Um, but we, we only have a couple minutes. But I wanted to just point out one of the things that you talked about, um, the puncture wounds with the nail in the hoof, how many times do you see horses that get the, ho the, the hoof st steps on the nail? And what is the first thing you should do about that, Dr. Jones? Run. Don't you, take if the you're nail a horse out. husband, you run. <laughs> Hide in the house until your wife gets home. That's what it's, you do. He's running now, so he doesn't have to hear us talk about it. <laughs> yeah, my comment is don't take the nail out. Now, I know that mm -hmm. sounds really terrible and really difficult, especially if you're out on... Not for me. Lot. 
And you go out there, the horse is in the middle of the pasture with a nail on its foot, and you're thinking, i got to get to the barn. How do I get it to the barn? Don't move it. It's an emergency call. Have the veterinarian come out, see where the nail is. If they can take an x-ray, depends on the electricity and everything, if they can take an x-ray, that's the most important thing. They want to know where does that nail go. There are so many important structures in the hoof capsule underneath the hoof wall that we need to know where did it go into. Did it go into a joint? Did it go into a bursa? Did it go into the tendon sheath? Did it go through a few ligaments or tendons that are, are vital or important? Is it up against the bone? All these things can require surgical intervention. And if you pull it out, the horse is going to feel good right away, I'll tell you that. And you'll be able to walk to the barn maybe with a little short stride. But after a couple of days of it festering, especially if it's against a bone, you're going to have a bigger problem in about three mm -hmm. days or two days after that problem, uh, after that nail was pulled out. And we veterinarians will have no idea where it went or the path because that closes over really fast once you pull the nail out. Everything collapses yeah. around it. So it's hard yeah. to find the path after the nail's out. So don't move the horse. If you see a horse that, that won't move, the first thing I tell people is look at the bottom of the foot and see if there is a nail in there. And if there is no nail, yeah. then, of course, try to get the horse moved to a safe spot. But um, my other comment on, on throw on top of that before you completely wrap up is pick your horse's feet every day. I know that sounds like a real pain. You're going to feed them. You're going to throw feet. You've got to run to work. Throw feet, run to work. Try to pick their feet every day. If you can't do every day, do every other day. Get aware of what's at the bottom of their foot, especially if they don't have shoes on. You want to see if there's bruising going on, uh, rocks being caught up in the sulci, uh, softness to their feet. You can, you can stop problems before they get worse. Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to have to revisit this topic for sure, if not next week, very soon, because I think, you know, we, we can always take a lot of questions about about basic foot care and taking care of your horse's hoof, because as we all know, no hoof, no horse. So thank you, Christy. Thank you so much, Dr. Jones, for being on the show today. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Have a great week. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you. Thanks, guys. With Christmas season fast approaching, it's time to start planning a custom gift that will last for many years to come. Visit our friends at ezsignsonline.com and browse their unique website for their many custom sign options and styles. With affordable prices for customized signs starting at $39.95, your holiday gift giving just got easier. Their step-by-step -step online sign ordering process allows you to choose only the sign options you want and see all the pricing up front. From horse farm entrance signs, vinyl banners, magnetic vehicle signs to stall nameplates, and much, much more for every horse owner. They ship to every state in the U.S., so take advantage of an additional 10% off coupon to all Horse Radio Network listeners. Simply mention HRN13 when ordering. That's HRN13, a $75 order minimums for discount. Cannot be combined with other discounts or coupons. Free shipping also applies to most sign orders, so see the website for details. Place your order early to allow plenty of time for Christmas delivery. Check out the website today at ezsignsonline.com. That's ezsignsonline.com or call them at 1-800-640-8180. That's 1-800-640-8180. There you go. Thank you again to today's sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and EasySignsOnline.com. To listen to more tips from the horse.com, 
you can go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on horse health topics, along with fascinating interviews from around the equestrian world, you can tune in at horsesinthemorning.com every weekday. You can also have every single one of the Horse Radio Network shows that you love with you wherever you go with our new free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Download it today. It's quick, free, and easy. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 